listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 12. Uh, if you do not, as always, it's printed in the order of worship. So far in our study of Romans, and we came back to Romans to finish it up after Easter, but so far in our study of Romans, Paul has been leading us through what uh, some people would call the foundations of the Christian faith. But today he's going to be changing gears a little bit. Uh, he's saying today that if we really believe what we believe, if we have faith in what we say we have faith in, uh, it changes who we are, it changes the way we look at those around us, uh, and the way we act with those around us. It affects our lives, our behavior, our relationships, all of those things. So today's sermon, he's going to be talking about some very practical things as it relates to what you should exhibit, not just uh, as an individual, but in relationship with other people. And what are the characteristics that we would say mark us as, as Christians uh, and, and, and different from those around us? So this is what we're talking about today in our passage, Romans 12. 9 through 21. By the way, it does continue to the next page. Paul says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those that persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, God, help us today uh, to look at your word. Help us uh, daily to lean on your word. Help us to live by your word. Help us to come to love your word where we want to know what are the things that you have that are life-giving that you're trying to say to us, that help us to live in peace and, and, and to have joy in our life, uh, that get us out of and off of ourselves um, in so many ways. Lord, we, we, we're so wrapped up in ourselves. And, and even, even right now, I mean, I confess, I just can't get beyond myself. Help me depend on you. Help us all to depend on you and find out what it is that you would want us to see from your word today to live by. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years back, there was this uh, debate by a pastor named Doug Wilson and a leading atheist 
whose name was Christopher Hitchens, and they debated the question. This was the question they debated. Is Christianity good for the world? The debate is set in a, in a pub. Uh, the two are sitting down there having a beer together. But, and, and I haven't seen the whole debate, but I've seen enough to know it's pretty intense. I mean, both the guys are pretty good at debating in, in what they know uh, knowledge-wise. Uh, and you can watch it on several streaming services, so you can look it up. Uh, if you want to know more about it later, uh, let me know. I can help you with that. Um, and depending on who you ask, there are different opinions on who won the debate. But I'm not bringing the debate up for you to choose sides or, or even for you to, to recommend that you go watch it. Uh, I'm bringing up the same question today. Is Christianity really good for the world? Now, in some ways, that's a difficult, difficult question because when people talk about that or ask that question, uh, many times it's because people have seen things done, and we've seen things done, in the name of Christianity that we would not agree with. Uh, in history and even today, dehumanizing things, uh, hurtful things, mean things. But Paul is discussing here today the marks of true Christianity. Those things that if we cling to, no one can really argue that these are good for the world. No one can really say these things are, are hurtful. And if they're not only things that, that mark a true Christian, but it also means the flip side. If these are absent from your life, it may be time to take spiritual inventory. I mean, if your life looks nothing like what Paul is describing here, you might even question whether or not you're a believer. I mean, if you really, I tell people all the time, it's okay to doubt your faith and question whether or not you're a believer. If you're, if you're really a believer, what is it going to hurt to question it? Uh, and so, but these are the things that, that Paul's saying, these are the marks of a true Christian today. So what are those things? What are the things that we're going to talk about? We're going to look at them in, three, in terms of three things, and obviously the order has the uh, sermon outlined there. We're going to talk about how to love others. We're going to talk about how to live with others. And then we're going to talk about the idea of how to handle conflict. So let's look at our first section here, how to love others. Paul says in verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Anytime we, we, we talk about this idea of love, especially uh, in the Bible, uh, it reminds me that of, of something that drives me crazy. All my life I've heard this, uh, this phrase, falling in love. Uh, and the older I get, and I think the older that you would get, you realize it's one of the weakest phrases in the history of mankind. Now, I understand the feeling of immediately um, being romantically attracted to someone, if that's what you mean by it, but that's different there. But what we're talking about here that Paul's talking about is if it's going to be love, true love, uh, it's something totally different. Authentic and genuine love is the idea in the Bible that I will set my affections upon someone, whether it's the love for a family member, a child, a spouse, a friend, or a neighbor, the idea that I will unconditionally set my affections on them in such a way that no matter what they do, 
I will continue to love them. That's the love that God loves with. And that's the love that he's calling us to imitate here. And this is what Paul means when he says, let love be genuine there. But what, is, what does that love look like? Well, Paul's kind of specific in this passage about that. First of all, he talks about this idea of outdoing one another with honor. Uh, and, and immediately, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's saying in a, in a charge to us to say, you've got to leave your ego at the door or you will never truly love. Because if you can't leave your ego at the door, you will never defer to others. And this is what this kind of love is asking us to do. This kind of love, and, and what Paul's talking about here, is that we are mostly about lifting up others instead of being worried about ourselves and our honor and our ambitions and taking ourselves too seriously. He said, think, the Bible says it all the time, think about yourself first. I mean, think about others first and yourself second. So here's a small test. Like, what does this practically mean in a lot of ways? When you're in a relationship, or when you're in conversation with the folks around you, most of the time, are you thinking more about yourself and what you want to say first? Or are you taking more interest in that other person and where they're coming from? Have you ever been talking to someone and you can tell by the way they're acting that all they're doing is waiting for you to finish what you're saying so they can say what they want to say? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We see it all the time. Uh, Matter of fact, it kind of hurts. It may be on me a lot of times. Um, uh, and if you experience that, that's the opposite of what Paul's talking about here. He says, let love be genuine. It's a simple statement, but you can't fake it. No wonder Paul starts with love because all this other section kind of hinges on that. It's a starting point. Uh, but coexisting with others, living in harmony, it's easier said than done. If we truly don't have a love for God and a love for others, everything else in this passage is going to break down. And then he ends this little section here talking about hospitality. Now that's something we talk a lot about here at Chelsea Presbyterian. But I started thinking this week, do we really know the essence of that? Now we know, we know part of it. Part of it is a loving and generous reception of people, welcoming them in and caring for guests whether it's in our house or in our church or in our lives. But the word itself, when I looked it up, has really more to do with an outpouring of love specifically on strangers and outcasts and people not like you, which is different and we know at times can be very hard. But it's paramount, paramount to the Christian faith. It's, it's, a, it's the embodiment of what Paul's talking about this whole passage because it's not just about loving others that are like you and that believe like you and that you get along with. No, it's more than that. It's people that are out of our circles, out of our spheres, that believe totally different from us. Do we change our behaviors around them? Which brings us to our second point here, uh, how to live with others. He says in verse 14, bless those that persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who weep, rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. And give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible. So, if it, so far as it depends upon you, live peacefully with all. The Bible, and especially this section right here, 
has so many verses that flip the thinking of most people in the world on its head. I mean, verse 14 is case in point. He's outside, he's outright saying, when you're attacked, when people come after you, when people are being critical of you and what you're about, what do you do? Now, most of us, and we know this to be true, immediately would take it personally or try to defend ourselves. But Paul says, bless them. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you pronounce some blessing upon them? That's not really what he's talking about here. It doesn't, and it also doesn't mean that you need to become a doormat. There's, there's nothing in the Bible that ever says that. Or look, continue to let them say whatever they want to say about you or someone in your family. But here's the essence of what he's trying to say here. When people are coming after you, you dignify them as human beings. If they're, what they're saying is true, listen to them. If it's not true, at least let them know you respect their opinion, that you're open to what they're saying. We don't retaliate. We swallow our egos. And this theme of dignity actually carries in the next few verses. Look at verse 15. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. See, we, we relate. We sympathize. We're, we are not to be about the, 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 uh, the, the cause of, and Christianity is notoriously bad about this. We are not to be about the cause of trying to fix people or give them what we think is the right answer. If you assume every relationship that you're in, that you need to always play the role of fixer or the wise person, you're letting your ego, you're letting your agenda get in the way of an opportunity to be Jesus to everyone around you. And this idea of rejoicing and weeping, if, if they're celebrating something, and I'm, I'm, I'm bad about this, you know, I heard people before saying, I'm terrible about celebrating wins or, or good things. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm bad about raining on people's parade. Larissa saying something that we'd be, be excited about and I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. That's a horrible way to be. Um, don't set out, if, if they're rejoicing, if they're celebrating something, don't set out to critique their joy or tell them how they shouldn't be that joyful or rain on their parade. And also, if they're in sorrow, we sympathize with them. Don't, don't be so quick to try to get them past their sorrow or try to give them answers or, or just to try to get, have them get over it. Grief is a beautiful thing. It's a gift that God has given us. Uh, and, and, and there are so many people that are unhealthy because they don't know how to grieve or people around them do not allow them to grieve. Let's not play into that dysfunctionality. See, because all of these things that we're talking about are selfishness on our part and dehumanizing to those around us. Paul says, as far as it's up to us, take responsibility, be a peacemaker. Dignify other peoples, but you're not responsible for their response as far as it depends on you. He says he doesn't give us the pressure of having to bear the burden of how they're going to respond He does tell us to take responsibility for our part of humanizing people So how do you live peacefully in hard relationships? Well, that's tied to the last point here how to handle conflict Look at verse 9 <clears throat> no, I'm sorry verse 19 Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good.
We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.